Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. Before I begin with this week's episode, I want to suggest that those who did not hear last week's episode go back and listen to that one first. This is the second of a two-part discussion on this podcast on a very important issue regarding Jewish law and Jewish observance. And I want you to have heard the first section before you hear this one. And what's especially important is I ended the first one with a question, which I'm going to answer at the end of this session. So I hope that you'll go back and listen to last week's if episode number 100, if you haven't yet. I'm going to answer that question that I posed at the end of last week's episode at the end of this session. Just as a reminder for those who did listen last week, the question had to do with what I, as a rabbi, would have said to a young person in college coming to me with a question about Shabbat observance and World Series tickets. Let me give the context for what my answer would be. And I want to do that by referring to one of my favorite stories in the Torah. I had the opportunity to teach this story, the rabbinic interpretations of the story, at a Tikkun Leil Shavuot, at a study session on the first evening of Shavuot this past week, it, it, earlier this week. The story is the story of Moses and the tablets. Moses coming down from Mount Sinai, holding the tablets of the Ten Commandments. He sees the people dancing around the golden calf that they've built, and the tablets end up being broken. Now, I say it that way because there's a lot of different rabbinic interpretation about what exactly happened, but I'm going to go today with the simple interpretation that Moses broke the tablets. For, and, and what his reason for it, you'll get, I'll get to in a moment, but let's accept the fact that Moses breaks the tablets. When Moses comes down, the rabbis in talking about the story emphasize something that's alluded to in the Torah text, but not stated specifically, which is that Moses did not have a hard time carrying these tablets. They were as if they were carrying him in certain ways, says one of the texts, or they were floating as if they were on, uh, uh, floating on air. It was simply easy for Moses to carry them until he sees the people celebrating the golden calf, and then the tablets become increasingly and extremely heavy. Why? Again, there are a lot of rabbinic interpretations. I'm going to leave those out for now and just accept the fact that the tablets suddenly seem or are in reality heavy, and Moses can't hold them anymore. Given that situation, Moses had two choices. One was to continue to hold the tablets to the point where of exhaustion or injury or or maybe even they would have killed him because he was holding something so heavy and, and he would have collapsed. That's one possibility. The other possibility is to do what he did, which is to throw them down, again, accepting the, the Torah story, to throw them down and, and to relieve himself of the burden. Whatever his intentions were, it relieved himself of the burden. My question is, did Moses have another option? And I think he did. And I want to talk about what that option would be by using a very mundane example from our lives that many of us have experienced, especially uh, perhaps at the very beginning of the COVID uh, pandemic. 
many of us like to do jigsaw puzzles. So let's imagine that we're excited about the possibility of doing a jigsaw puzzle. We always love to do them, and, and it, it, it's a great way to spend some time. So we go through the beginning of the jigsaw puzzle process, and we're solving it beautifully, and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, we realize that all we have left are about 200 pieces of blue sky. And we start to work on it. And what was once a very enjoyable activity has suddenly become a burden. It's not fun anymore. It's annoying. It's exasperating. It's taking too much time. What are our options? One is we just continue to do it. And we say, it used to be fun, but it's not fun now, but I've got to do it because I started it. And I don't, I'm going to, and euphemistically or, or colloquially might say, I'm going to do it if, if it kills me. The second option is to just look at the, ta at, the, at the puzzle and just take the whole end of it from one side and just smash it onto the floor and say, I'm done with this. Neither of those seems very productive. So what would we do? I think under most circumstances, what we would do would be say, you know, I I'm just tired of this right now, but I'm going to leave it here. I, all I can see is blue. I, I, this, this, it's not working. And you go and you leave it. And you walk away from it for a while. And then you come back an hour later, a day later, a week later, and you suddenly are looking at it with open eyes and you say, hey, here's a piece. Maybe this is the way that it starts to work. And, and it starts to become at least fun or somewhat more enjoyable, somewhat easier. We do that a lot of times in life when we have that option. We don't always have that option, but we do it a lot of times when we do. We're involved in a project at work that we started off with a great amount of excitement and now we're just frustrated by it. We can't give up on it, but we can step back from it, walk away from it, gain a little perspective, and most importantly, not allow our temporary frustration to ruin what is something we usually enjoy. So what could Moses have done? Well, Moses could have realized that this was becoming, these tablets were becoming too heavy for him and laid them down carefully, put them down carefully and walked away from it. He could have gotten a little bit more perspective. He could have stretched a little bit. He could have rested his arms a bit, maybe consult with God about what to do. Maybe just think of himself or talk to, talk to Joshua, who according to some of the traditions with wisdom at the time, and then he could have picked up the tablets and would have probably found they didn't feel quite as heavy as they did the first time. And they, they regained a little bit or a lot of that sense of lightness. And he could then go about and do his job more properly. As I pointed out, this is something that's common for those of us, for all of us, when we face individual situations. When we take something which we believe in deeply, or we find very meaningful, or we're very excited about, suddenly becoming a burden. We either struggle with it, in which case the fun is sometimes, the enjoyment, the meaning is sometimes taken out of it. We give up entirely and walk away. Or we take that moment to step back and to recognize that this is a temporary situation 
and I really do enjoy or find meaningful what it is that I'm doing. I just need a little bit of perspective. Now let's talk about Shabbat. And before I mention this, you might be able to apply what I'm going to talk about here to another area of Jewish law, but I specifically want to talk about Shabbat. That's the frame of the question I asked last week, and this is to me the most natural place to talk about it. Shabbat can be so enjoyable. For all of us who have accepted the obligation to observe Shabbat to whatever level we have, whether completely according to the law or always having a Friday night dinner at home or always going to synagogue in the morning, whatever it is, if we've accepted a certain obligation and we make that a primary part of our lives and we say that it is an obligation for me to observe Shabbat fully or to go to synagogue, whatever it is, we accept it as an obligation and it is incredibly liberating in so many ways to have a day where, where we're not thinking about work where we're not thinking about other issues, where we're not trying to physically change the world, but accepting the world as it is, enjoying the meaning of community, good friends, family, good food, a nice night's sleep, a wonderfully liberating experience. But as I mentioned before, as I mentioned last week, despite what the rabbis might teach, about rain falling on Shabbat, and go back to last week and remember what I said, the fact is the world does not conspire to make Shabbat observance easy for us. In fact, the world, <clears throat> excuse me, throws often obstacles into our Shabbat observance. And most of the time, if we're serious about our obligations of Shabbat, we say, afal pichain in the Hebrew, even so, we're going to be observing Shabbat the way that we have accepted the obligation to observe it in our own lives. And we deal with it. It's a burden, but it's not a tremendous burden. It's a temporary thing. So we missed out on something, but you know, I'm observing Shabbat and that's more important. And this is an obligation and it's an obligation that has some kind of a connection with God in whatever way we understand that connection. So we're not gonna take that obligation lightly. We're gonna take it very seriously but occasionally events happen in our lives in which the situation arises where Shabbat observance would be an unbearable burden or at least close to being unbearable, where we would feel that, that the, the, the burden of observing Shabbat, this thing that was once light, has now become terribly hard, hard, to, hard, hard to, to sustain, hard to hold. So what are our options under circumstances like that? Our options are to, to do what Moses could have done and just stand there under the weight of them knowing that he was building resentment, fatigue, and anger. Or we can throw Shabbat away entirely and say, I I'm done with this because I'm missing too much in the world. And neither is the right option. When we are presented what makes an individual Shabbat to be an unbearable burden in many ways, the only reasonable option we have, in my mind, is to look at the obligation to Shabbat as one of the many obligations that we have in our lives. We're willing to put the obligation to Shabbat 
into a position where it supersedes most every other obligation, but at times it doesn't. The rabbis, by the way, knew this. They said we have an obligation to save lives and to protect our own lives and help others to save their lives. And in case of pikuach nefesh, saving a life, there's no question that you, you break the laws of Shabbat. But I want to go beyond that. What about the opportunity to celebrate a family simcha, to celebrate a family celebration that happens to be on Shabbat and the only way you can participate is by breaking your particular laws of Shabbat as you see them. That happened to me recently. We had a family wedding on Shabbat. What do I do? Do I do what I did on occasion back when I first became a rabbi and say Shabbat is sacrosanct? Or do I recognize the blessing of family and say at this moment this is more important. What about the days when our children moved into college for the first time and the move-in day happened to be on Shabbat? Was I going to sit home and say, I can't be there with you. I can't be there to help this transition. I can't be there to celebrate this moment with you. No way I was going to do that. That week, Shabbat took second stage. That week, I was there with my kids or with my family. Now, many people, I would say most people, would make this decision. But what I'm going to argue very briefly here is that that's not breaking the laws of Shabbat. That's not giving up on our obligation. That's simply recognizing that we have other obligations in the world besides the strict observance of Jewish law. And that under certain circumstances, and it has to be under rare circumstances or else the obligation to observe the law doesn't mean anything, under those rare occasions, we need to embrace the idea that we can walk away from Shabbat, as an example, to celebrate this particular aspect of our lives, knowing that next week, God willing, we'll be sitting back at the Shabbat table and enjoying Shabbat without having, re without having resented it, without having viewed it as a burden, but rather as one of the obligations in our lives, which is, again, supersedes so many others, but does not always supersede every other obligation. My argument is that to be obligated to Jewish law doesn't mean it's the obligation which supersedes all others at every moment. And that when we choose to recognize another obligation <clears throat> to ourselves, to our family, to our community, we do so consciously, proactively, and proudly, and then go back to observe Shabbat the next week. Again, if it happens too often, then we've given up on our obligation to Shabbat in general, and that's not good, and that's not right. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm advocating looking at the world that makes Shabbat observance difficult sometimes and say, when it reaches a certain point, I'm ready to walk away for this one week to do something else and not apologize for it. As my brother who is a rabbi, I haven't spoken about my brother Charlie too much, but I'll speak about him here. As he said to me when I talked about this with him many years ago, he said, maybe look at it this way. The Torah says, observe Shabbat, observe the laws and listen to God's voice. Maybe God is speaking to us with a different voice this particular week, telling us to celebrate with family, telling us to be part of a community effort which only takes place on Shabbat that we need to be part of, whatever it is. The important point is, we don't struggle with it to the point where it's, it's, it's just destroying us. And we don't throw it away because 
we, we're sick of these conflicts. We look at each of them and accept the opportunity to walk away at specific times and then to come back again the following week secure that we still recognize an obligation to Shabbat. So what would I tell that young man or young woman who came to me and this passionate Red Sox fan holding tickets to a World Series game on Shabbat? I would say to him or to her, look, I can't tell you what to do. And if you think that going to the game is going to bring an enormous amount of guilt to you, then don't go. But I want you to look at it this way. The words Shomer Shabbat, to be observant of Shabbat, the word Shomer means to guard, to preserve Shabbat. You want to preserve your relationship to Shabbat for years, God willing, to come. In order to do that, you have an opportunity right now to do something that, that speaks to your deepest passion as a Red Sox fan, as a baseball fan. And if you don't go, you're facing the possibility that you will resent Shabbat. So my suggestion to you, again, I can't tell you what to do, but my suggestion to you is take a deep breath and say, I'll be back at the Shabbat table next week. I have to be at that game. And if you go, enjoy yourself completely. And then walk back to the Shabbat table the next week and say, hey, I really missed this. But always leave yourself the opportunity to go away, to move away from your stated obligation to Shabbat, to answer something deep in your soul at that one particular moment. And don't do it reluctantly. And don't feel that you're sinning. Feel that you're expressing who you are as a human being. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, and you, in fact, have two weeks to think about it because I there will not be a podcast episode next week. The next episode will come in two weeks. Think about it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And until next time, thank you.